Welcome to Content with Character, the weekly podcast that'll give you the momentum you need to create content with more ease, clarity, and laughter. I'm your host, content copywriter Emily Aborn, and I'm all about unconventional marketing approaches. I believe in your big ideas, and I'm excited to help you share them in a way that's distinctly you. In the words of the lovely and late Judy Garland, always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. Want to make your content more of a treat and steer clear of all the tricks out there? Today, we're going to get into three ways to do just that by taking your time, being thoughtful and intentional, being kind, and showing up as you. This is take three of today's episode. Take three, I tell you. I am am not usually a perfectionist. I am not a perfectionist, uh, but I just wasn't getting it how I wanted it to be. So I had to try again. Uh, Welcome back to the Content with Character podcast. This episode is part four of our risky business topics. Uh, Don't worry, though. Like If you haven't listened to part one, two, or three, you're still going to be a-okay because, yes, they went together thematically, um, but they didn't like build off of each other per se. There was no sort of like order I was putting everything in. And the good news is, if you haven't listened yet, now you get to go back and listen. That's the best part, right? Um, Okay, so just to catch you up to speed, for this month, the month of October, in the spirit of Halloween, we've been getting into some of the darker sides of marketing and business with some of those not-so-entirely-fun things that happen to us as entrepreneurs. What am I talking about? We've talked about failing, we've discussed business slowdowns and speed bumps, and we've gotten into the realities of being ghosted by collaborators, connections, uh, and clients. And it seems you all are really into like the spooky stuff because not only have you kept coming back, uh, there are somehow more of you here, which is very exciting. Um, And on that note, I want to really give a huge thank you to those of you who not only listen to the podcast, but also share it with people. And I love when you tell me that because then I can give you a shout out like right now. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Christy. Looking at you. I mean, Technically, I'm not looking at you. I'm talking to you. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening and also for sharing. And if this is your first time listening or you've been here since the beginning, doesn't matter. Either way, I'm really happy you're here and we're going to have some fun. I can't wait to get into today's risky business topic. But of course, it's been a while since I've told you a story. So I'm going to tell you a little backstory. Um, I was originally going to share the scary things that I see in content and marketing. And I think that that's what I had ended my episode with last week telling you I was going to do. I had this list started. Okay, I had like seven things. um, And I could have easily kept going. And then I asked people online and got even more things. There was a lot of scary stuff out there in the content and marketing world. But instead, I decided to change it up a little bit, just kind of rework my approach to this episode, if you will. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, I decided that I'm really not trying to turn my podcast into like a venting session. And as I was looking at it, mapping out the episode, I realized that following my original idea for the episode would kind of just end up being that. Secondly, there's a lot of actual hard, painful stuff going on in the world right now. And I don't really think that we need to get any scarier and darker 
Um, I would like to bring in more lightness and positivity into the world, not more negativity. So on that, I decided to kind of keep today light. And I really wanted to just share like three ideas I had on how to make your content, what you share in your business, a treat rather than a trick. So how's that for fun? Um, Some of the ideas for this episode did come from what I had originally posted on my personal Facebook, which was trying to get ideas for the scary things we see online. And if you are here for the venting, if you're like, no, I came here for the venting, you can feel free to find that personal post on my, that post on my personal Facebook page. And you'll see where people, they don't vent, but they share and engage on the stuff that really does get under our skin online. And because there were so many good examples on there, I wanted to share them with you. I think they were all great and they're all super scary. And I'm going to be sharing them uh, probably working on them each. They could probably all be their own episodes. So I'll probably do them individually. Um, but here's what people came up with. AI everywhere. Misinformation. Too good to be true results. People sealing each other's content and ideas. One size fits all. Judgment. Spiritual bypassing and or toxic positivity. Everyone is a quote-unquote expert, broadcasting how much money you earn as a measure of your success, and over-promising and under-delivering. So, like I said, these are all super scary things, and they do happen in the online space. So, we'll get into them in a, in a future episode, but today, we're just going to reframe a little bit, have some fun, and talk about making our content more of a treat than a trip. And like I said, I have three ideas for you. Not seven, not nine, not 11. Um, But first off, let's do some ever so speedy housekeeping. Promise it'll be super fast. One of my housekeeping items is who I am, just in case this is your first time here. Hello. Hi, I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content copywriter, podcast host of this podcast, as well as the She Built This podcast. Very fast talker. So sorry if you're listening in two speed. And I'm not really the kind of person who dresses up at as a ha- at a Halloween party. I don't tend to wear a costume, namely because I don't like to spend money on things I'm only going to wear one time. But what I will do is go dress as myself. And on this show, that's kind of my message. I really encourage you to dress as you in your content and in your marketing and throughout your business. That's what the show and my uh, work is all about. And if you do want to learn more, you want to connect with me, my links are always in the show notes. Show notes are always very thorough and packed and organized. Um, Or you can just visit emilyaborn.com. Second on my housekeeping list is to read this week's review of the week. This one is from Muscle Relaxer, which, ooh la la, lovely name. I'm I'm friends with you already, and here you go. Here are my neck and shoulders. Um, Muscle Relaxer says, bringing failure into a healthy conversation. I found Emily's part one on the topic of failing super helpful. I appreciate her vulnerability and honesty around what happens, the process we go through as entrepreneurs, and what it doesn't mean when we fail a lot launch, a product idea, or some other offering. Thank you for covering this quote-unquote scary topic. Well, muscle relaxer, the failing uh, episode was one of my favorite so far. So thank you so much for sharing a positive, thoughtful, and kind review. I super appreciate it. The more reviews, the merrier, because reviews help Apple Podcasts know that my show is too legit to quit. And then I get to pass it forward and sprinkle you with gratitude on the show. So all that to say, uh, if you haven't written one yet, 
go ahead and take 60 seconds out of your busy day and write me a review on Apple Podcasts, preferably of the positive, thoughtful, and kind variety. Okay, onward we go into the land of treats instead of tricks when it comes to our content and what we're sharing online. And uh, I think we're going to have some fun with these. I love this quote by Judy Garland. Always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. And that is content treat tip number one. Be you. And I'm talking 100% you. I recently listened to an episode of Jessica Osborne's um, podcast, and I'm going to make sure I include a link in the show notes. Jessica Osborne recently had me as a guest on her show, She's the Business Podcast. And she had an interview with a guest uh, named Lisa Tuhig. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name properly. It was episode 160 on how to cut through the crowd by having fun in your content. And what I loved about their episode was that it was encouraging people really to be themselves, to stop kind of like trying to find this master formula or the magical number of times that you're going to post a day or post in a week. But what I especially loved is they broke down this word authenticity and like really showed what being authentic looks like and means because that word does kind of get overused, right? And I think that when we are trying to quote unquote show up authentically, um, we are sometimes bombarded by all of this other noise, right? So it could come in the flash and the sass and the confetti and looking at somebody else thinking like, okay, is that actually the only way to stand out? Like there is a lot of flash out there. Um, there's also a lot of trends to follow. And can't my my kind of questioning in this part was can you follow a trend and still be authentically you? Can you still be you? So I've done some good and, and honest thinking about trends. And I I don't think that I have anything against trends. But I want to encourage you that when you are about to hop on board a trend, ask yourself why. Is it because you are trying to show up as somebody else? Is it because you've maybe seen it work for somebody else and you want it to work for you? Um, or is it because you just genuinely love the creativity behind this certain trend and you maybe want to participate in it because it seems really fun? Is it because you think it's going to be this magical ticket for your content? Or like I said, is it because you're just kind of following the crowd? You want to do what everybody else is doing. You can't come up with anything original. So I was talking to two friends recently, and um, one of them was talking about getting ready to do one of these trends. And I couldn't really come up with any ideas for her or even for myself. Like, how would I make this me? I just couldn't really see it. So we were talking through and I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Like, I can just never get ideas around these trends. And my friend Alicia said to me, she said, you know, my personal uh, philosophy when it comes to trends is if it lights you up, if it aligns for your business, if it feels good for you and it, it's like, yes, that looks fun, go for it. But if you feel like you're doing it for the wrong reasons or you're trying to force it, then maybe reconsider because it's it's going to come through if you're trying to kind of like force it or follow the crowd or it's not originally uh, or uniquely you, right? So I've been thinking about this whole trend thing, and I have a I have a point to this. I promise. Um, I pretty much don't follow trends. Like 
ooh, even in my clothing. Uh, in fact, I have a dress in my closet that I've owned since I was like 16 years old. And I'm pretty sure that I still think it's cool. Like I still wear it. <laughs> I just like things that have stood the test of time. And it does take me a long time to get on board with things, like especially technologically, when everybody else has long since adopted something. Uh, case in point, reels, which I'm, I still have yet to do reels. Like I just can't. But the other day, I did it. I did a trend the other day. I know. I was like, who am I? But when I was in the shower, I got this idea. I got a whole bunch of ideas around this one trend. And it seemed funny to me. And it seemed fun. And it fit me. So if you want to see my sort of lame attempt at a trend, there will be a link in the show notes to the specific post. But the best part probably is that I I sort of sucked at doing the trend. Like I didn't get a whole bunch of likes. I didn't get a whole bunch of comments. I didn't like reshare my post because I was like, ooh, maybe it's not funny. Like I'm just not even trendy enough to trend properly. So I don't know. In the end, it, it still was kind of on brand for me. Still kind of like super nerdy. But usually I look at these things and I ask myself, I, I just say no because I'm like, why? Why would I do that? Why would I, Emily, do that? Like, does that make sense for me? No. Does that seem fun for me? No. Am I being me? No. And that is usually my answer. But this one, I just felt inspired. I wanted to have fun with it. So I went for it. And if you're like wondering like what I'm talking about right now, I'm going to explain it here. Uh, so it was the haunted house trend. And if you're not privy to such things, if you're even less trendy than me, um, I'll give you examples of like what people have shared with this. So the first one I ever saw was Maddie Woodard. He's a well-known content creator. And his, uh, his post was a haunted house, but in every room, people are yelling, great content, DM for collaboration right? Because that's like an Instagram nightmare. So basically, it's a haunted house, but and then insert some sort of scary thing here. The other ones I thought that were clever, a haunted house, but it's just your childhood again. That one was Danielle Norman, a haunted house for Enneagram types fives. And it was a haunted house, but it's just a room full of people. That was done by Enneagram Ashton. And another Enneagram one by Christina Granahan, who I know personally, this was for Enneagram ones. And it was a haunted house, but no one asks your opinion. So that's how the trend goes, okay? And so like I said, you can go look at my my post with all of them, but one of the ones I used was a haunted house, but it's a, my calendar full of appointments that involve me leaving my house for a month straight. That is genuinely like my worst nightmare. Um, so I'm scrolling through Instagram on Friday night and I see somebody else's post. Now she had a whole bunch of, she did this haunted house thing and she had a bunch of funny ones. And so I like go through the comments and I was like, check, 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 because they were funny. And then I kept going through and one of hers said, a haunted house, but it's my calendar full of appointments that require me to leave my house. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I go back to the comments and I say, Oh my gosh, I did exactly the same one. To which she replies, wait for it. It does not get better than this. She replies, laughy face emoji. I stole it from you. And I was like, well, at least she admitted it. Uh, and that is what I get for following a trend. And I have to give her kudos because she actually did write the sentence a little bit more concise than me. I was, it was a shower thought. Like I said, I was struggling to word it correctly and she made it better. She made it more concise. So she copycatted me. Um, but what I want to say about 
that specific instance. Because yeah, sure, it's easy to say, oh, that was a trend. I wasn't copying you. But honestly, that was a direct copycat. So what I want to know is how hard would it be? How hard would it have been to say, and I do this a lot. I do it in my podcast. I'll say, oh, I was talking to Alicia and she said this to me. Or I might tag somebody in a social media post and say, thank you for the idea. Thank you for the conversation that inspired the idea. So I'm wondering to myself, like, okay, how hard would it have been to just say, kudos to Emily Aborn for inspiring one of these. Now, like I said, I do that often on this podcast. I'll say shout out to so-and-so for inspiring this conversation or for showing me a new perspective. Even when it's just me and my husband having dinner, I like to give him a little shout out for inspiring the conversation. It's not about the credit. It's what it is, is about the feeling in the pit of your stomach that you get when you made something, you came up with something, and then you see somebody else take it out into the world and put their name on it. When you realize that somebody has copycatted you, it does not feel good. And I think that it's very unfair. It's not It's not nice. It's not a way to play nice in my world. And it's probably a second rate version of somebody else's content going back to what Judy Garland's quote was. So you want to make your content more of a treat than a trick? All of the best creatives know this one. Focus on you. Be you. Uh, Focus on your business, on what you are building, what you want to be specifically known for, not what is working for somebody else. Do not copycat somebody else. And even if you do decide to follow a trend, be you. You have to make it your own. So I was actually going to do this entire, a a entire episode on copycatting. I still might down down the road in some form or uh, or fashion. But what I'm seeing is that copycatting is becoming far more prevalent online, and there are a lot of problems with it for both the person it's being done to and the person that is doing it. I have seen it all but destroy someone's business and take their credibility apart piece by piece. So, but really what I want you to think about the next time you're tempted to do it or you are thinking, I don't know if this is 100% my idea or if it came from somewhere else, just remember that like copycatting is not you. It's not being you. It's it's taking somebody else's idea, somebody else's method, somebody else's framework, direct quote, analogy, words from their podcast, episode, course, and not giving them the credit for it. But it's not you. It's like the ultimate way to discredit who you are. Like you listening, you are your own unique genius. You have your own creative ideas and your own creative thoughts. But instead of dancing to the beat of your own drum, you just copy and paste somebody else's. And that is not a good way to show yourself that you value that uniqueness inside of you. So I don't know. It's just not cool. As a creative human, you know, stealing somebody else's hard work while simultaneously dismissing your own permission to be yourself, I just don't love it. And it's kind of lazy. It's lazy with coming up with your own creative ideas. When I was in school, uh, plagiarism was like the worst possible thing that you could do. I remember I did it once, unbeknownst to me, because I did not go to school until high school and I'd never heard of plagiarism in my life. But when I did it, by accidentally not citing something properly that I read in the encyclopedia and then put in my paper, 
they carted me off to the principal's office where I was fairly sure that I was going to be the next stop jail in my mind. (laughs) Now, fortunately, no police were called. I just had to rewrite the paper and then we had to undergo a three-hour class on citing our sources properly, which trust me, my classmates just loved me for that. But my point is, plagiarism was very frowned upon. It was not looked nicely upon. But fast forward to today's day and age, right? The internet is moving at lightning speed. Content, conversations, podcasts, things you read, ideas, information flying left and right. I can see how it might be easy to think to fall into the illusion that, oh, it's just common knowledge or somebody else's idea and way of doing things is fair game, right? It's out there. It's fair game for copy and paste because they shared it with you or they shared it in a conversation wrong. It is not just out there for anybody to swoop in and grab. That is copycatting. And I think the main problem with copycatting is that it's not being you. And a lot of people have really strong sniffers and they will sniff that out. Um, it's not always that easy to spot. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you as the person being copycatted, You may not be able to be 100% sure that it was yours. Uh, Maybe it just sounds really familiar or something just feels off about it. Maybe it rubs you the wrong way when you heard the person say it or break down a concept very, very similar to yours, but they just kind of butcher it. Um, And I think one way we can really, really be true, I guess, to ourselves, like I was saying back to that authenticity piece, is to just really ask ourselves, like, is this me? Uh, Is it missing me? Does it feel like me? Because that does come through in the things that we share. I also think that, you know, copycatting is especially obvious to other people if we are veering out of our lanes wildly or just kind of like trying to hog all the lanes. Like you're like, no, no, I do all the things. (laughs) You know, when you're just not really clear on who you are and what you do, it may... it may actually either be copycatting and you may need to copycat because you can't get clear on what you do, or it may also come across as that. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't try new things in our business, but when we do wildly vacillate into something we don't do, we don't offer, we don't want to be known for, we don't know about, we're trying to be an expert in everything. And we then we go ahead and copy from somebody else who does or copy from Google. Um, So when that happens, I think it's a little more obvious that perhaps a person is kind of snatching from everybody else. Now, if you want to know way more about copycatting and how to give credit appropriately and evaluate, like like get a role uh, handle on evaluating whether or not you've come up with the original idea or sort of snatched it from somebody else. I'm not an expert on this, but my friend Karen Kenny really does know her stuff about copycatting and giving credit and like how to do so and where to do so. And she has a podcast on how giving credit matters. So I'm going to make sure I include that in the show notes. I have personally been working on it in my own life. Like I said, when I was a kid, I knew that it was a problem, but then it kind of just like, I was like, oh, I never really paid attention to it. So I've become a lot more aware of it and paid a lot more attention to it. Um, And I just cannot stress enough the importance of it. It actually ends up giving you credibility when you cite sources. It makes you more trustworthy. It shows that you are a great listener. You know, you're a, you're learning constantly and like taking in outside information. You're a team player. Like you're there to actually 
bring in a community and make connections by giving credit. And there are a lot of consequences that come when you do decide to copycat. So for me, it's just not worth it. And I don't really want to ever be anything other than myself. Like that is what is going to make my content a treat. Um, I've been copycatted a few times over the past 10 years in our retail shop that my husband and I owned, we had a full on like copyright infringement that was in 2016. They took our uh, our name, uh, our tagline, and our very similar logo, and I was trademarked. Um, and again, it is not about getting the credit. It's about kind of that feeling you have when you just watch someone else take something you created and knowing it was yours, it was your baby. (laughs) And I think that it's also really sad to watch somebody else move through the the space that way and not trust themselves to just be themselves. So I think that's my, that's to wrap up treat tip number one, be you, do not be anybody else. Um, Content treat tip number two is to be kind. I've been pulling back from a lot of various things on social media lately and I just sort of have like specific places and groups that I'm that I'm making sure I kind of only go to those spaces right right now just because it's been a lot of noise and it's been a lot (laughs) this year. Um, But for some reason recently, I don't know, I I, jo- I went back into a group that I hadn't been into in a long time. And what I saw in there, I was like, oh, this is why I left this in the first place. What I saw in there, some of those comments, it was really, really sad and really appalling. Like I could not believe the way that women were talking to one another, some of the things that they were saying to one another. And as I would go through some of the comments, I'm like, oh my God, some of these people I know. It was very, very sad. I thought for a second I'd gotten lost and I was on like Twitter or Reddit or some one of those other platforms where people do just tear each other apart. It was like super, super intense. Now, I think what happens is people think that they're hiding behind their computer screens and they can say whatever they want because they're not going to bump into that person down the road at the Piggly Wiggly or at the gas station. But when we are using, uh, when we are sharing things online, we have to remember that the person on the other side is a real person. And even if you do have an opposing perspective or you maybe want to offer something uh, different to consider, you can still do it kindly Or you may just, it may be a question of like, well, maybe I don't need to actually involve myself in this conversation. I don't need to say anything. That is an option too. Now, in the instances I'm specifically referring to, I was watching people tear each other apart in the comments, try to look smarter, better than, putting other people in their place. Like, I'm not even joking. It was downright nasty in some cases. I am a big fan of like, if you don't have anything nice to say, I don't know, maybe take, don't say anything or, or take a breather. <laughs> Think about how to say it kindly. Some of my friends will even send me a text message and be like, can you rewrite this for me more kind? <laughs> or I don't know, ask ChatGPT to write it for you if you get in a real pickle. Just kidding, more on ChatGPT later. Um, but what I really want us to remember is that there are real people on the other side of social media platforms. Every time we share a piece of content, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a blog, whether it be an email, whether it be a social media post, whether it be in the comments of a social media post, there's always a real person on the other side of that of that screen. And on a Facebook group, 
first and foremost, it might not be the best spot to put somebody in their place and like show them who's boss, like just unnecessary. But no matter where you're sharing, no matter how you're sharing, I think be kind, whether you're on your phone or behind your little computer screen. Like remember that there is a real human being behind what you're reading and what you're writing, sorry, behind what you're writing and be kind. This goes hand in hand for me with being honest, truthful, ethical, and just in general, like not trying to trick people with your content. So what I mean by this is like bait and switch, that's a trick, over-promising and under-delivering, that's a trick, forcing people to take urgent action or giving fake deadlines, timelines, lying to them to get them to buy, promising results that you're not actually going to be able to get them. These are all like super, super trickster tactics at best. And they're not really in our best interest because what we are doing as creators, as content creators, what we're doing with our content is building long-term communication, long-term relationships, uh, trust. We're trying to build trust. And we want to be kind, compassionate, and genuine in our communication. We don't want to, you know, fool people into an urgent sale, which almost always just results in a resentful yes, as my friend Kat Stancic says, a resentful yes instead of a resounding one. I did an episode with Alice Carolina of The Ethical Move on My. She built this podcast this past year, and we get into so much about how to be really ethical in your content. So if you are like me and you love learning about more things, uh, I included that link in the show notes too. So number two on how to make your content more of a treat is to be kind, be honest, be truthful and ethical. Uh, how to make your content more retreat number three. Create content with purpose. I, from henceforth, <laughs> I am really trying to move forward with more intention in what I am doing. Now, as a content writer, as a creator with this podcast, you probably think I'm over here urging my clients, people, like more, more, more content, more emails, more blogs, more social media content, more website pages. Uh, but nothing could actually be further from the truth. I love content. I love it for all sorts of reasons, and I love all of the reasons that we would go ahead and create it. It can do all kinds of things for us. It can build connection. It can help us to express ourselves. It can give us an outlet. It can educate and teach. It can raise awareness. It can inspire and motivate people. It can cause people to take action. It can market us, right? It can share about our products and services. It can just have be fun, like show off our personality, what brings us joy. It can create a sense of community. It can widen and expand our network. And I bet that you can come up with some other things that content and marketing and visibility and all that connection stuff, all that communication stuff can do. But creating it just because somebody told you you should create more or you should post three times a day or you should be sending an email or you should have a lead magnet or you should have this page on your website and this page on your website just because creating it just because uh, isn't really a good reason to create it. And as I'm saying that, that's kind of why I had to sit with that today for this episode. Like I had to really sit back and think, okay, what is my intention here? 
do I want to create a rant about all the things I don't like in social media and marketing? Is that what is that what I really want people to experience, to feel, to glean from the content that I'm sharing? Like, what do I really want this to do? How do I want people to feel? What direction am I going with it? And that's when I decided, you know what? No, first and foremost, my show is to inspire you, to give you permission to be yourself, not that you need it from me, and to help you move toward move forward in this social media and marketing world with just like some more grace and compassion and ease and understanding and awareness and all the happy adjectives. So if you really want to know, like one of the scariest things I see in content and online and in the marketing space and as an entrepreneur, one of the scariest things I see is that people are moving at a ridiculously fast pace. We are bombarded by things constantly. Pings and dings and videos and content, things we should be doing, things we shouldn't be doing, flashy bright lights, pink convertibles. So if you really want to make your content more of a treat, make it more of a treat to work with you as a service provider or as a product-based business, the way to do that is to take your time to be thoughtful, to be intentional. And then when you do that, you can really show up confidently that you are being yourself, you're being creative, you're you're sharing things that are really, really meaningful and matter to you and to your business. And I always like to remind us too, when it comes to creating more, 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 just remember like content is one little tiny slice of the marketing pie. You've heard me say this time and time again, I will probably continue to say it, but the uh, the online world, the online form of content, social media, I'm I'm just going to say it specifically, it is like the tiniest piece of that slice of content, right? So it's just like a tiny bite of the content slice, which is one slice of the marketing pie. All that to say we don't need to create more just to create more. We have time. We have time to be present and intentional and thoughtful about what we're sharing, how we're sharing it, where we're sharing it, who we're connecting with, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to leave you with that there today. So the three ideas to make your content more of a treat, less of a trick are to be you, be kind, and be intentional. Next week, we're going to wrap up the Risky Business series with part five, and it's coming out on actual Halloween. So I thought we would do the most frightening of them all. Well, it's not frightening for me whatsoever, but for some people, this is like the most frightening thing. It affects 40% of the population, and in some cases, people are more afraid of this thing than they are death. Do you know what it is? It is speaking, uh, namely public speaking. So next week, I decided that I'm going to, I had like a whirlwind week of speaking opportunities, and it kind of has been a whirlwind year of speaking opportunities. So I wanted to share some uh, stories from the field and share with you how to find some speaking engagements, how to strengthen those speaking confidence muscles, and maybe how to um, kind of get started. If that's something that you want to do to grow your visibility and either be a guest on more podcasts or get more kind of speaking opportunities. So I can't wait to chat with you then. And as always, if you have any friends that you know you would like to listen to the show, make sure to send them my way. Friend of yours is a friend of mine, and I will welcome them with open arms. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Content with Character. If you loved the episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, and share it with someone else you know it could help. For more content and visibility tips, visit my blog at emilyaborn.com. And be sure to connect with me on Instagram at emilyaborn. I'd love to hear how this inspired you to take action. 